Welcome to The Room, where we talk about the hard parts of leadership that every great leader goes through, but no one wants to talk about. I'm Jenny Dufresne, host of The Room podcast and CEO of Leaders Transform, a business growth training firm. I am a global leader, former United States Marine, international best-selling author, community, and business leader. The Room is your safe space. We'll talk about the things that are difficult for leaders, the tough stuff that leaders aren't willing to be vulnerable about, but we really need to. So come on in, close the door, join me in the room. I know leaders and I know leadership. Hi friend, welcome back. I'm excited to have you in the room. Today's conversation is going to be one that I hope you really take to heart because it is frankly, life or death. So there are thousands and thousands of articles, radio shows, podcasts, books, self-help books about this idea of being in self-care. I mean, you can't hardly turn around now. And even on LinkedIn, there are articles after article about how important it is to be in self-care. And this idea of self-care has been around for you know, maybe 10 years or longer. But I've been wondering if there's so much conversation for leaders and teams and people in the work environment, why is self-care so hard? I just recently uh, was engaged with a team and we were talking about remote work. And the we did a quick poll with them. And in this group, it was like 68% of them said when it comes to remote work that 68% were struggling with putting boundaries around their time. So most of these folks are working from a home, a home office and 68% said it was very difficult for them to put boundaries around their work. So that means that they're not working a typical eight hour day, which is, you know, the, the standard day that that is is uh, encouraged they're working 10 12 13 hour days and so with the beginning of the pandemic this was you know for a lot of companies they were like oh my gosh look at this we're getting so much more productivity out of our our employees out of our team members because they're working from home and they aren't having to worry about commuting and people coming and interrupting them but this goes right to this idea of self care that means as a result of the pandemic, you know, we have fully remote teams now. We have some hybrid teams which are coming back online. But self-care, the care of our of ourselves, and I'll talk a little bit more about what that means. Self-care is really really much more in jeopardy today than maybe it was before the pandemic. Again, there's thousands of articles you know, search on LinkedIn, self-care, and you'll find all kinds of people who are self-care gurus, coaches, consultants. There's so much information about it. And yet the question is, why is it so hard? So what is self-care? It's pretty, it's pretty self-explanatory. It is being attentive or focused and or prioritizing your mental health our mental well-being, your physical well-being, your spiritual well-being, and your emotional well-being. So making those four areas of our lives 
the center of our energy and the center of our focus to ensure that we're giving, we're, we're, we're staying full, if you will. We're giving the energy, the positive, uplifting energy to each of those four domains. And when we get out of, I don't want to say just out of balance, but when we're out of harmony with those four areas, then we take a step back and we reprioritize, making sure that our, that our self-care in any of those areas is being fulfilled. So how does this show up at work? Well, a leader, and actually I was this leader, and I wrote about it in my internationally best-selling book, From Empty to Overflow. I wrote about when I was building a multi-million dollar organization, had over 60-some staff, and you know, I ran a very demanding schedule, had my own personally demanding schedule, which was consisted of seven, quite literally, seven days of work. And uh, at long hours, 12, 15 hour days on, on a regular basis. And I did that for about eight years until somewhere in the middle of that, I collapsed and ended up in the hospital. Um, but w- what was the impact? My lack of self-care. And honestly, I, I, my confession is, is I didn't know about self-care. You see, as I've shared in some other podcasts, I was trained and groomed in the United States Marine Corps as a leader. And at the time, it was all about the business of leading and work. I also grew up in an environment in which work was really prioritized. Fun was not prioritized necessarily. The encouragement to have fun or to be, you know, to take care of yourself was not really what was valued. What was valued was production. Uh, And so, you know, that might be something that you've experienced as well, depending on where you grew up or how you grew up. But my pace of getting things done, that was really celebrated, right? So getting things done, you know, getting, you know, emptying. I remember one time when I was in the Marine Corps, this was early, early in my Marine Corps career, and I'm going to really date myself now because I don't even think that these exist as a piece of office equipment. But I had an inbox, a physical inbox and a physical outbox. So I really am dating myself because it's like the Rolodex. For those of you who know what a Rolodex, Rolodex is, I think they went by the by along with inboxes because now everything is digital. But at the time, your inbox held paper and your outbox held paper. My inbox every day would be literally stacked probably you know 10 inches high with paper. And I remember making it my business that every day I came to work, my goal was to was to empty that box and take everything that was in the inbox and do whatever I needed to do with it and then put it in the outbox. And but my whole entire focus was to empty that inbox. And I remember I remember working really hard at this for days on end. I'd be just, I mean, I'd come in and I'd work. I'd nonstop. I'd sit at my desk. I would never get up. I wouldn't do anything except try to get that inbox empty. And guess what I realized one day? It was quite the epiphany. I realized that the harder I worked to empty that inbox, people kept putting more stuff in my inbox. So my inbox never could get empty. I wanted to have that satisfaction of seeing, you know, the bottom of the inbox and it never was emptied. And it was a huge awareness and awakening that I'm actually really remembering right now when the moment that I realized that no matter how hard I worked 
there would always be more work to do. Let me repeat that. No matter how hard I worked, there would always be more work to do. Somebody would always give me more tasks. There would always be more room to add more things to the workload. So when I had that epiphany, and this is young, I was very young in the Marine Corps, very young in my career. When I had that epiphany, I started to pace myself. I went out, I would take our, our lunch break, which was usually about two hours because we would, I would go do my physical fitness, you know, go run a four or five miles and, and, you know, do some weightlifting. And then I would go eat my lunch and shower and all that, and then come back to my office and, you know, continue my day. But that was a huge, a huge and important understanding about work and, I think that because we don't have inboxes for the most part, we don't have inboxes and outboxes anymore. We have email boxes. And some of us actually try to plow through all of our emails in a day, or we try, you know, so, so my point here is, is that we don't have necessarily, we can't see the physical inbox and outbox anymore, but we have been now conditioned to try to empty our emails or, to, or people are just throwing things on our email or throwing things in, into our electronic containers. And so we don't have good parameters around our work and our time. But there's still something more going on. So in all of this, with all these thousands of articles and podcasts and conversations, you know, people who are doing TED Talks about self-care and prioritizing yourself and all of this. With all of that, why is self-care so hard? The message is clear. Self-care is critical for the success of our professional careers, the success of our personal lives, and the impact and influence that that has on our teams. If you've ever seen a leader who is completely frazzled, who's making snap decisions, you will also see a team that is usually very discombobulated. They're very, they're, they can be sort of managed chaos because the leader is very, is in a very chaotic space. She or he is exhausted, running on empty, thinking that they're making great decisions, but in fact, are the bottleneck to any decisions being made or because they're exhausted, they're making poor decisions, and those poor decisions are actually costing more time, energy, and money from everybody who's part of their team. So we know self-care is important. But again, why is it so hard to do? Why is it hard to be consistent? So I've been thinking about this, and maybe you've thought about it as well. I think there's a couple of reasons why it's very hard to prioritize ourselves. And I think it may be more difficult for women because we are taught to work. We are taught to serve. We are taught, um, we are taught to always be the solution to everybody's problems. I also think it goes even deeper. And this is even more, more of a thing for us to figure out how to get our arms around it. I think it's hard to prioritize ourselves in self-care because it has everything to do with the messages about how valued we are or valuable and whether we are worth it. 
So let me say that again. I think it's difficult. Self-care is very difficult to prioritize in our lives because it has to do with our perception of our value and our perception of our worth. So let's break that down. A question could be, I've heard someone, for example, recently say, and this gentleman is in a, uh, a, a company that's a growing company still, and he's an owner. So he has a level of flexibility that maybe his employees may not have. And he said to me, he said, I feel guilty about going out and playing golf on a Monday, but his golf playing was actually a time for him to connect and figure out some business issues and make new partnerships. But he said, I feel guilty about going out and playing golf. So what are we, what are we unpacking here? I think one question is, am I worthy of focusing on myself? Am I worthy of taking care of my internal needs? And the deal is, is that for a lot of people, and especially women in leadership, we are seen as valuable only when we are producing. Only when we are in production, things that other people can measure, manage, see, that is the only time that we are considered uh, valuable, right? And so one of the pieces that I think becomes very important as leaders is how do we begin to articulate and share that removing myself from my laptop for 15 minutes or going out for a 30-minute walk, or stopping my day at 4 p.m. instead of 10 p.m. is really important for my production. It's important for my team. It's important to get more things done. If you've ever worked you know, a 10-hour day, at some point you would probably notice that it's taking you longer to, to, to form decisions. It's your brain starts to just take on all kinds of information and it becomes more and more difficult to figure out what are the decisions I need to make right now. So answering this question, am I worth, am I worthy of self-care? If you find in any place in your life that, you know, I'm not worthy to, 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 for, you know, to make sure my spiritual or mental health is, is, is balanced or that, it, that I'm, that I'm doing well in those spaces, it's a time to take a step back and figure out what do I need to do to ensure that I am that I am taking care of those four areas, my mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional well-being. Another question that someone who's struggling to be in self-care like I do, another question could be, am I worth less if I take time for myself? So am I worth less if I take time for myself. And I think this is really, this, this I think really is something for us to think about because in our work culture in the United States, primarily your value and your worth have been tied to your production, right? We live in a capitalist society. And so capitalism, part of it is you know, we, we fire people who are not productive. We fire people, we terminate their employment when they are not demonstrating worth and value to the company, to the bottom line. And so that has become ingrained 
in such a way that is actually detrimental to us today. I think some of this was started during kind of the industrial revolution when, you know, people were turning wrenches and there was physical labor. But now that we're, we're more and more in a knowledge economy, that means we're working from laptops. I mean, there's a large swath of the country that is not there. You know, people who are driving trains and trucks and the, right. It's the same idea, though. We also discourage those folks from being in self-care. We encourage truck drivers to drive, you know, even though there are parameters on the number of hours they should be driving, we also know that there are companies that have put uh, bonuses attached to how quickly you can get from one point to another point, which means that in some ways you're, you're, you're violating uh, the, 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 the accepted parameters of how you should work. And so am I worth less if I take time for myself to work on my self-care is another question that we really have to get our hands around. In a knowledge economy where we are glued to technology, we are actually supposed to be working faster, right? The technology is supposed to be allowing us to work faster and more rapidly. And so we have to start to think about the ideas that have shaped our work culture, our, how we are valued, or how our worth is determined, we really need to look at it and start to prioritize, start to have discussions and conversations about our self-care. If you're one of those leaders that you, you know, your claim to fame is that you have banked all of your leave, you have not taken a vacation in three or four or five years, you got to go take a look at that because it's sending a, a message to everyone around you that your value, you get accolades based on not taking care of yourself. If you have team members that are doing that, somehow they have internalized the idea that it is important and their value is only determined by the fact that they have, you know, 300 hours of leave on the books that they haven't taken. And that actually is dysfunctional to be, to just call it out. We, um, there are other countries where, you know, people are routinely on leave for a month and they come back and guess what? They're just as productive. They're doing just as well. You know, their things are still working just as well. So I want to encourage you, if you're struggling with self-care, keeping your mental emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being at the core and center of everything that you do, I want you to examine the two questions. Am I value, is my value in the work environment attached to my production? And then the second question, am I worth less if I'm taking time for myself, if I'm investing in my own well-being? Is my perception, the little conversation in my head saying that I am worth less in my environment, that people are going to question my commitment to the mission if I don't have a certain level of time that I'm sitting at my desk or time that or number of projects that I've completed. Just remember my story of the inbox that no matter how fast I worked or how many hours I put in, my inbox would get would always stay full because the more I did, the more people put on, put in it. I'm not advocating, you know, laziness. What I am suggesting is that we start to reevaluate how diligent we are, how hard we're working to get things done 
at the expense of our own self, well-being, mental health, physical health, spiritual health, and emotional well-being. So I hope that this was helpful. If you know someone, a friend, a family member who might be struggling with taking care of themselves, taking that time for themselves, I encourage you to share this podcast and let them know about the room. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, it's Jenny. Thank you so much for joining me in this week's episode of The Room, a safe place where leaders come together to talk about the things that we don't often share out loud. If you enjoyed your time in The Room, please like or subscribe on your favorite platform and leave a review. And if you want to learn more about our important work with leaders, head over to the website, leaderstransform.com and continue to be connected to our community. Thank you again for listening and make sure you invite someone the next week episode of The Room.